It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Friday, April 2nd, 2021. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. The 2021 Sitka Sound herring fishery opened for the sixth time on Thursday. Estimates for Thursday's fishery are not yet available, but area management biologist Aaron Dupuy said Wednesday's fishery yielded around 2,100 tons. Saners have caught around 8,000 tons of the 33,000-ton guideline harvest level since the fishery first opened on Saturday. According to a release from ADF&G, fish caught in two test sets on Wednesday averaged between 113 and 116 grams, with around 11 percent mature row content. Aerial surveys still haven't reported any spawn sightings. Fish and Game continues to broadcast daily updates on VHF Channel 10. Sitkins had another opportunity to voice their opinions on the potential sale of the former Sitka Community Hospital building at a town hall on Tuesday. And those opinions remained mixed, with a slight majority in favor of selling. Earlier this year, the Sitka Assembly directed city staff to seek community feedback before developing a request for proposals for the property. The Southeast Alaska Regional Health Consortium bought Sitka Community Hospital in 2019, but didn't purchase the building or the land. The deal included a five-year lease of the property. Search currently houses long-term care there, but last fall, the consortium expressed interest in purchasing the property. As city staff took notes on a whiteboard, Sitkins responded to a series of questions. Questions like, are you in favor of selling the site and why? And if we do not sell the site, what should it be used for? Several people who spoke at the town hall were against a sale, including some residents who testified at a previous meeting. Nancy Yaw Davis added her voice to the mix on Tuesday. She said she was surprised to learn the option to not sell the property was still on the table. I thought it had already been sold. That's how dumb and out of it I've been. I didn't know we'd have an option of five years to have a discussion about that property. Well, I'm against selling it, and I'm puzzled. What's the rush? There's, we need time to think creatively, what kind of town do we want? How could that property be used in the process of discussion for some really healthy evaluation of what we love about Sitka? Michelle Putz supported the sale of the hospital and said keeping it would be too costly for the city. Retrofitting is expensive if we try to retrofit that to anything. Um, maintenance is going to be expensive. That building is not that new. Martha Moses also voiced support for the hospital sale and said she hoped it would be sold to Search to bolster Sitka's long-term care. And I believe that Search's intent is to upgrade the long-term care for our most vulnerable people. Around 25 people showed up at the meeting, but 135 Sitkins had also responded to an online survey about the sale with the same questions being asked at the meeting. City Administrator John Leach shared how the responses broke down. 51.1% stated they were in favor of the sale. 27.4% stated they were opposed to the sale. And 21.5% stated they were unsure about selling. Leach said the feedback was varied on Sitkins' preferred uses for the property and what Sitkins don't want to see the building turned into. Residents still have time to give feedback. The survey is available online through this evening. You can find a link to it on our website at kcaw.org. A skier was rescued unharmed after being buried by an avalanche in the crater of Mount Edgecombe on Sunday. The man triggered the slide during his descent, according to a report to the Coastal Alaska Avalanche Center. 
Two other skiers in his group used avalanche transceivers to locate him. They saw his boot sticking out of the snow and dug him out and cleared his airway. The man was buried between five and eight minutes and sustained no injuries. All six members of the group exited the crater safely. Sitka Mountain Rescue technical team leader Eric Mathis says the team didn't respond to the incident, but they did receive a call from the group notifying them of the avalanche and that they left a ski and two poles behind. And their primary reason for getting in touch with us was to make sure that we knew that if somebody reported finding that gear in avalanche debris, that we would not be unnecessarily called out. The group didn't want to be identified, but he says they were pretty shaken up. If they'd had to wait for the local search and rescue team to arrive on the scene, the man probably would have died. These people had training and equipment, and they still had a pretty serious incident. That might have gotten a lot worse. Mathis says he hopes the incident can serve as a cautionary tale. There's high avalanche danger around Sitka right now, and even in places people may not expect, like Blue Lake Road, Green Lake Road, and some of the ravines near Herring Cove Trail. Not everyone who ventures into the mountains is adequately prepared, he says. A snowpack looks like just a pile of snow, but it's actually made up of a bunch of different layers. And those layers are affected by um, temperature, by moisture content, by wind, and a number of other factors. And so if you don't have the correct training and experience, it's basically impossible to assess that, that stability accurately. The report said the group could have avoided the incident with better communication and more time spent assessing the conditions. The avalanche was approximately 300 feet wide and between 400 and 500 feet long. You can see photos of the avalanche and find more resources about avalanche safety and training on our website, kcaw.org. The Sitka Lady Wolves captured second place in the state 3A basketball tournament in Wasilla last week. The Mount Edgecombe Braves, however, were knocked out in the second round. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The Lady Wolves appeared to have momentum going into the finals against Anchorage Christian School, but as Daily Sitka Sentinel sports editor Garland Kennedy puts it, It was the uh, unstoppable force meets the immovable object, and ACS is an immovable object. The ACS Lady Lions beat Sitka 75-26, to holding the Lady Wolves to just a single basket and 10 free throws in the first half. Kennedy says ACS went into a full-court press from the opening tip-off, playing defense down the entire length of the court. Their full-court press is just, it, it is the immovable force you want a full-court press to be. They apply pressure consistently and precisely. They force turnovers, and then they can capitalize on those turnovers. The title game was not the only lopsided score for ACS. The Lady Lions beat Homer 69-11 in the opening round and took down Kotzebue 72-12 in the semifinal. ACS will be moving up to 4A next year, which Kennedy says will rebalance the dynamic in the 3A classification. Lady Wolves standout Tawny Smith might get a chance to test that dynamic next year. The Sitka Jr. was named third team All-State. Senior Jocelyn Brady, who anchored the Lady Wolves all season, was named first team All-State. En route to the title game, the Sitka Lady Wolves defeated Kenai Central 57-27 and Monroe Catholic 49-36. On the boys' side, it was a similar story, although the Mount Edgecombe Braves did not make it to the finals. The Braves beat Kotzebue in the opening round, 68-35, but fell to, guess who, 
the Anchorage Christian School in the semis, 82-63. Kennedy says ACS used the press to shut down Mount Edgecombe's running game in the first half, and from then on, the Braves were playing catch-up. Now, what we've seen with Mount Edgecombe so far in the season is often a really good second-half performance, but not the greatest first-quarter performance. And so Edgecombe coach Archie Young got up with him, um, noting that ACS's high-pressure play um, was hard on the Braves in the first quarter. If there was any sweet revenge for Sitka teams over the weekend in Wasilla and Palmer, it may have come vicariously through the Monroe Catholic boys. Whether ACS exhausted its bench applying the full-court press over the tournament or other teams found ways to get around it, the Lions were finally beaten by the Monroe Catholic Rams in the boys' final, 67-52. to Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Alaska House of Representatives passed a resolution on Wednesday that urges Congress to allow an exemption for cruise ships to bypass Canada and sail in Alaska this year. Currently, federal law requires foreign-flagged ships to make an international stop between Washington State and Alaska, but Canada has closed its waters to cruise vessels. So the bill is part of a last-ditch effort for coastal communities to get a month or two of cruise ship tourism in 2021. Senator Jesse Keel is among the bill's sponsors. The bill passing the House was, was the last serious hurdle before it gets sent off to the federal government. Now it's up to Alaska's congressional delegation to make it happen. Keel says it's an uphill battle since other states don't have as much to gain as Alaska does. But he's hopeful. I have to tell you, I've, I've read legislation for a long time. Don Young's bill is one of the cleverest pieces of drafting I have seen in a while. Uh, it's really well put together. Very short, very succinct, very elegant. Um, and, and I'll just hit it again. Very temporary. Keel says even if Representative Don Young and Senators Murkowski and Sullivan could get an exemption for Alaska, it would still be a Herculean task for cruise companies to mobilize. They'd have to comply with strict restrictions from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. There is no chance that right now of a full cruise ship season. The ship has sailed, if you'll pardon the pun. Um, but, but the hope is that we can get some movement and some uh, precise guidelines on how to meet the CDC requirements out of Washington, D.C., in time for cruise companies to make a commercial decision uh, and, and have bring a month or two uh, of sailings uh, to Alaska waters. It's an incremental step in the solution to a complicated issue, but it shows the state legislature supports communities that are hurting without cruise tourism this summer. The resolution goes to the Alaska Senate next for final review. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.